Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Zarar. I'm Hino. I'm Chaba. Uh, today's topic is why should product owners or product managers care about deployment frequency? Uh, deployment frequency is one of the DORA metrics. Uh, so essentially, it is a predictor of excellent organizational health, psychological safety, all that good stuff. The more frequently you deploy, uh, the better your software delivery performance overall becomes. Uh, and the question we're trying to tackle today is, as a product owner, somebody who doesn't necessarily live in the in the in the technical realm of things, uh, at least not as deep as 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 other people do, why should you care about how frequently you deploy to your code? Shouldn't shouldn't conventional thinking say care about how frequently you release things to your customers? Um, not so much about deployment. Why should they care? For your questions, or I would even add another Dora metric if 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 I can model this question even more, which is which is about the lead time of change. So so I I, I would kind of combine these two because it's for me in my head it's 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 uh, hard to answer just just very narrowly only one of them. So I would add that why should we care about deployment frequency and also very 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 short deployment. So I, if and then. I are you just going to ask questions or are you going to answer them too? I'm going to answer. I'm okay, going to also answer. Yes. Yeah, so it's all about feedback. It's all about feedback. And because all these, uh, all, both the deployment frequency and the, um, and the lead time of change are pretty much a technical prerequisite uh, for a product owner to start getting feedback and start getting feedback as fast as possible. Yeah, and that that is obviously all all correct, right? So so why is why is that technical capability actually um, delivering on business promises? Because that's ultimately what the product owner is responsible for. They're responsible for uh, optimizing the ROI of their 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 team. Uh, that means deliver as much business value as possible. Um, look, if you do not care about uh, deployment frequency, if you uh, are okay with delivering something, let's say every two months uh, to production, then um, you will be in a situation sooner or later that your customers are asking you to solve something for them, whether or not that's a new feature or something is uh, is broken, and that you are not able to respond um, quickly enough uh, so that they would be satisfied with the service that you deliver that they would be satisfied with the, the service that you're offering or the, the value that delivering to them. And uh, if that happens um, enough, people will actually leave you and uh, search for somebody else to provide that service for them, right? So if there is one reason as a product owner, then it is to keep your customers happy and to make sure that you can deliver uh, value to them on a regular basis, whether it's uh, something that they requested or something that they didn't know they needed. So, so I had a, I had a bit of an epiphany. Maybe it was a, maybe it was not an epiphany for you guys, but for me, it kind of kicked in a couple of days ago. And I, I I'm going to go with the hypothesis that I don't believe you can prioritize without deploying uh, to production very, very frequently, because if you are not deploying your whatever feature you are building to production. I think implicitly or tacitly, you don't, prioritization doesn't really matter because you sort of have to deliver the whole thing anyways. You're looking three months ahead. Uh, you may as well do the whole thing. 
so the urgency or the importance of prioritization diminishes as the deployment frequency increases because your mindset becomes, eh, do I really need to prioritize? We got like four months to deliver this thing. May as well throw it in there. And slowly, slowly, you get scope creep. All these features that otherwise would not have been in there squeak into the release because the release is so far away. And how can this one small feature make a difference? But if 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 the if the paradigm is shifted and you're like, whatever the team invests in this week goes to production next week, well, then the product owner is like, well, then I better prioritize things properly because my customers are going to see this and they're going to ask me, why did you work on this like sort feature when nobody uses it? Um, you know, like, is that the best thing you could work on this week? So I, I find it's almost like a, like a forcing mechanism for prioritization. And I would add that that uh, to the uh, uh, to the opposite end. And let's picture the fact that we are deploying very infrequently. So what's going to happen is as this time approaches, suddenly panic comes in. Let, let, let's let's just take the example that we deploy every three months, right? Just for the sake of this conversation. So when we are in about a two months-ish kind of two two and a half months-ish kind of time frame, suddenly the panic sets in, and like. Oh my God, we better get stuff in here right now. Otherwise, our next opportunity is going to be three months from today. And actually, what's going to happen, this panic is going to most likely create a, a whole slew of, of issues that, and, and that's kind of a rush. So, and, and, and of course, it's going to just increase the risk of this, of this deployment. So, so, the longer we wait, this this kind of stress is almost like like in increasing uh, increasing exponentially. So and, and not yeah. just not just from a developer's perspective, but also from the customer's perspective, right? If you if you have a business uh, side of the company that is actually giving the input to the, the product owner themselves as well, then uh, they are also the ones thinking like, hey, hang on, if I'm not asking for that right now, if I don't interrupt the the, the team. Uh, with this new feature that is really, really urgent, then I will have to wait another four months because that's the next after after the delivery next month. That's the next one or the next time that I can get uh, something rolled out to me. So all of those things are part of a larger system, right, where they all influence one another. I don't quite agree with you, Zerhar, that um, that it's it's a, it's driving prioritization because then you you might ask, well. Why is prioritization important in the first place? Uh, there, there is value to uh, continuous delivery or at least uh, more frequent deployment than, um, than, than forcing it or encouraging prioritization itself as well, of course, right? It, it reduces the need for specialized processes, for instance, of handling a, a bug in production, Right? So there's a lots of organizations out there still who are working with multiple processes, one to deliver what they call strategic features and another one to deliver uh, ad hoc features that, um, that oftentimes are um, more urgent than the strategic features at some point or that uh, fix a production issue. Now, those are different processes that the organization needs to know how to deal with, um, causes interruption, causes context switching in a variety of different ways, costs an awful lot. If, on the other hand, you can make deployment incredibly frequently, then you only need one process. Every process is following the same thing, whether it's a bug that is found today and you want to deploy tomorrow or the fix for tomorrow, whether it's an urgent request, whether it's a strategic feature, it does not matter. You have one process. Everyone knows what you're doing. 
all the same quality uh, assurances are in place everywhere and so forth. So it's part of a larger system where um, caring about doing things more often, smaller, leaves you an awful lot more flexibility to pivot if you need to. Yeah, I, I'll say, um, yeah, I think it's a forcing mechanism for prioritization. I think it makes your prioritization decisions more visible, more frequently. And I think that in turn puts a little bit of pressure on the product owner themselves. It's, it's almost like, um, like I want them, embarrassed is, a, is the wrong word, but I want them to feel like this is what I, this is what the team shipped last week. Really? That's, that was the best thing you could work on. Like, I want that feedback loop in there, which I think, which I think really helps. The, the other, the other thing that, that I think um, product owners should care about deployment frequency is because um, they care about uh, product owners love to make promises, right? They, they love to look into the future and ask questions like on this date, I will be able to deliver this. Uh, or they want to make promises to their stakeholders, their customers, what have you. And as much as we collectively crap on velocity on this podcast, uh, if you do want to make some sort of promise to uh, your customers, you need to have some idea on how frequently your team is delivering. And I think by, by, by having very, very frequent deployments, whatever velocity metric, whether it be throughput or, or whatever you're, you're using as a velocity, it becomes more meaningful. It doesn't become accurate, but it, it carries more weight if you are actually able to deliver to frequent, frequently to production, then you can say, like, on average, uh, last two weeks, we delivered, you know, 10 stories to production. I have 40 stories in my backlog. Therefore, four weeks it is. I'm not saying the math is going to work out. I'm just saying the math has a higher chance of making a little bit more sense. Yeah, but weirdly, it's, it's actually if the team composition doesn't change. Actually, it's it's incredibly consistent. I, I, I've seen I've seen teams who who, who maintain this in a, in a fairly consistent uh, fairly consistent way. So I, and, and 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 of course, there's always a variation on it, right? Uh, like like a plus minus 10, 15, 20, whatever percent. But but I agree with you. At least you have a ballpark. Like yeah, well, but it's about four weeks between between three and three and five. How about that? And 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 I'm pretty sure that that if any any product owner is listening to this podcast. I think they would they they would be love to have a squad where they could give their their stakeholders this level of predictability that you guys are going to get something between the next three to five uh, three to five uh, weeks because the usual situation is that it's so wildly out like like it's such a wide range of 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 uh, of predictability in 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 some cases. Yeah. So. so- so I want to I want to go back um, to what you said earlier on, uh, Zararing. You said that it still drives prioritization or the need for it, or or makes makes that more important. Um, and I I, st- I still I still do not necessarily agree with that because think about a keyboard, right? If you're building a keyboard, which key are you going to prioritize over the other? Is it are are you going to have the A key first or are you going to have the P key first, right? So, I mean, which one do you take, right? It's kind of yeah, that's a bad analogy. You're... You can't say what keyboard. You I agree say, with that. Are building a, a bad, keyboard yeah. first or a mouse first? Well, that's, I'll, yeah, I'll I'll that's already a different first. story. That's already a different story. We're talking about prioritization of stories. We're not talking about prioritization of features. I agree a keyboard is a feature. I agree a mouse is a feature. If we're talking about individual stories, then I would suspect that you're writing, you you have a story for the P key and you have a story for the A key. Or maybe you have a story for a key, right? right. 
Let, let's uh, let's not make the analogy. I will a keyboard development task to Hino ever. That's I'm yes. That's probably a really good idea. But yeah. but however though, however, so prioritization is one thing. What what I what I hope it would drive, uh, and that is the continuous delivery or more frequent delivery, is really the size of the deliver uh, of the um, pieces that can be delivered. Right? Is the is is basically the scope, if you will, of uh, a single item that can be uh, pushed all the way to production. That's what I hope it drives. And that, of course, uh, puts a little bit of extra pressure, not just on the product owner, because I think it's an entire team responsibility, but uh, but definitely on the uh, on the product owner as well to uh, allow smaller stories, product backlog items, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I'd say as deployment frequency increases, the size of your stories approaches singularity. So like, I, I think your stories become uh, homogenous in size as deployment frequency increases because to, to Hino's point earlier, the team develops a cadence mm -hmm. on how to deliver a process cadence. Uh, so it, it, it basically practice, they get practice on delivering and eventually you start thinking in, in almost unitary chunks. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and exactly. And if you get that far, you might even get to a point that I've worked with teams uh, that are that far. You might even get to a point where you say, well, tasking doesn't make any sense anymore. This story is small enough for everyone to understand what needs to happen. So let's not spend any time on breaking this down into similar tasks, uh, in, in smaller tasks, and uh, and track those into whatever system you're using. Um, it's all overhead. And all of that can can be thrown out as soon as you you start working that small. And this is ultimately what we're what we're trying to drive here, right? But I would like actually to come back because I really hated that that keyboard analogy. That 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 the the, the best analogy I can think of is search. Let's say I developed a very very simple search mechanism and now I have search results. I could prioritize what do I want to be able to order the columns of that search, or do I want to implement predictive search, or do uh, or do I want fuzzy search? So so the, I have so many so many avenues I can I can go down once I have that. And and the search is the feature. And the user stories would be these these very very small increments or pagination or I could I could go on and on in that in that how I want to enhance that, that 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 search function. So I'm sorry, you know, but I like that more than bring, than building a keyboard. And, and do we do, do we care about? I mean, I know this is not a user stories podcast. I think we got a couple of those. But do we really? I, I thought we decided in a previous podcast that as long as user stories are small, mm -hmm. that's the primary criteria of a user story i'm making like quotation marks here mm -hmm. uh, so if you hey if you want to deliver the j key behind a feature toggle and then next week deliver the k key and then one by one you do that that's fine with me you want to call the k user story fine by me because i think the 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 i think we talked about this when we talked about specialization in, in, a, in a previous podcast who cares what the full feature is as long as it's small the risk is low um you know all that good stuff i think that's what matters and you can get some feedback and whether it's from feedback. whether it's from users or the system or your developers, but you can exactly. get some feedback. Yeah, just just I'm always worried about the overhead, about the management of the whole thing. So to, to Hino's point, if if at least if we can go uh, do away with tasking, then at, at least we have these very small users. So it's cool. But usually, I've seen especially large organizations that we are like religiously want to track it and and you know just, just just the whole overhead of these of these stories. So sometimes the <laughs> writing the user stories, I don't want to say it's more than just developing it, but but sometimes it seems ridiculous. That's why, like breaking down based on keys, is a bit of a. 
exaggeration. Please, please don't. Uh, I invited you guys to not get too deep into the metaphor. Apparently, that well, that, that invitation you, you was not it. accepted. It's, it's, it's we're 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 going to crap all over it. You know, this, 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 by this, all this means, metaphor. by all means. Uh, but 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 I think I think uh, I think we got to end this. It's it's at sixteen minutes. But we I think we found our next topic for our next podcast. I think it's now that user stories are dead. What's next? <laughs> what's beyond user stories? Uh, That's awesome. Thank you, Hino. Thank you, Chaba. Thank you, listener. Uh, this will conclude this edition of the Continuous Delivery Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>